0: The views, ideas, and content of WellSeekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on WellSeekers. Hello and welcome to WellSeekers N2 2021. I know we're a few months in and we've been talking on social media, but this is our first podcast series for 2021. And we could not be more excited to be in a new year with you. We also are incredibly excited for the series that we are launching today, which is how do you rise and how do you come back from addiction? This is a topic that's really near and dear to our hearts here at well seekers for personal reasons, for professional reasons, and because you have asked for this topic. We've had people write in and talk to us about how um, addiction has impacted their own life and the life of the ones that they, that they truly love. Um, so we wanted to do our first series. It's going to be six parts, and it's going to take a holistic approach um, of pathways, of stories, of solutions, How can you rise? How can you come back? Whether you're struggling with addiction or you have a loved one that's struggling from addiction as well. We took a lot of time and care um, to come up with the perfect guests for this series so that we made sure to holistically approach it because addiction is a family disease, has so many layers to it. We wanted to make it all encompassing as best as we could. Um, Today's guest is gonna talk about pathways to treatment and a really innovative and unique pathway to treatment that isn't talked a lot about, which is in-home treatment. Um, Dr. Shelley Halligan from AWARE Recovery Care is going to be joining us today. And we're very excited to have that conversation on pathways to treatment um, that that are unique, that are innovative, that we don't hear about every day. We're also going to be joined uh, in the next weeks to come by a marriage and family therapist talking about some of the family aspects of addiction. We're going to be joined by an addiction nutritionist talking about the nutrition component. We're going to be joined by an owner of um, a gym, an adventure group that specializes in people in recovery, having fun, connecting with their bodies again, And we're also going to have someone on talking about policy. So what can we do? What can everyone listening do? What can you do to lend your voice to this movement to help really drive change in the world of addiction from a treatment perspective, from a prescribing perspective, and lots of other um, pathways to get to change policy-wise. And I'm very excited to also be welcoming in this series an author uh, of a memoir talking about motherhood, recovery, and how this one very special woman, she's actually a friend of mine, Wendy Adamson, um, she wrote a book called Motherload. We're going to talk more about uh, her book, her story, her journey, and how if you're a mom or a woman that may be experiencing addiction, how it is slightly unique um, for you, what that experience is like for you, and what recovery may be like for you as well, or is like for you if you're listening and are in recovery. Today's show, though, just before we get to our very important and crucial guest to talk about pathways to treatment, um, we really wanted to start this series out, since this is about rising and coming back, on a note of hope. Um, hope that people do recover, hope that recovery is possible. And that's why we decided that treatment uh, was a great foundation to provide some hope. So this conversation is going to be really important and the perfect way we feel like to start our series. I did just want to, since you know, we're researchers here too at Well WellSeekers, um, talk about how the prevalence of addiction and substance use disorder has increased so much over the years. And I was even shocked And I've worked in this field. I have personal experience, professional experience at how the numbers have increased so drastically since I was back in graduate school. Almost. I don't even want to say how long ago, almost a decade ago was when I started. So, um, 46% as of 2017, and the numbers um, from 2020 that I was just reading about have even increased, but 46% of U.S. adults have a friend or family member that has experienced or been addicted, addicted to drugs. 46%. Now, this is in the U.S. only. I know where we're international and people from other countries listen, and we're going to get to that number in just a moment, but half I just want to take a moment, half of the people, and that's self-report. We all know that some people don't report, right? So it's probably fair to say with margin of error, over half of people in our country have a friend or family member who has struggled just with drugs. That's just drugs. With alcohol, um, about 300 million people throughout the world have alcohol use disorder. So that is essentially the population of the United States the entire population of the United States, right? So I'm not saying the entire population of the United States has alcohol use disorder. Worldwide, almost the entire population, 300 million people suffer from alcohol use disorder. In the US, 130 Americans die from an opioid overdose every day. And 36 people die every day from an alcohol-related death. So whether it's a car crash or alcohol specifically. So that combined number is about 166 people a day from drugs or alcohol in the US alone. Um, What I thought was really impactful to think about was this show is about an hour long. So in the time that it takes to listen to this show, seven people are going to die um, from either drugs or alcohol. related death to either one of those things so in the time we are taping this show and that you're listening to the show seven people will have passed away from the topic we're talking about but there is hope and that is what well seekers is all about is that rise is that comeback, is that hope is that healing and is that thriving and shining at the end of it all so if you are someone who is struggling or has a family member or loved one this episode of hope is for you this next Five series after this episode, there for you. And we want you to know that people do recover and we're going to start having the conversations that matter and offering some of those stories and solutions for you to make your own comeback or your loved one. So stick with us. We'll have our guest, Dr. Shelley Halligan from Aware Recovery join us in just a moment here on Wellseekers. Today's lifestyle demands the best in wireless, and with Pulse Cellular, you have the best options available. Switch to Pulse
1: Cellular for unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data. Coast to coast with no contracts, no credit checks, and no overage fees. One line for $65, or four lines for just $45 each, including hotspot, Wi-Fi calling, and 50 gigs per line. And for all you travelers, we got you covered in Canada and Mexico. Plus, text and data in over 210 countries worldwide. All with the best phones or bring your own. That's pretty awesome. Get the best user experience on mobile at pulsecellular.com.
0: You're listening to Well Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. Welcome back to Well Seekers and I am so honored to have our guest, Dr. Shelley Halligan, joining us. She is the Vice President of Integrated health services at Aware Recovery. Um, Shelly, thank you so much for joining us today on Wealthy. Oh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be part of your show. Um, hopefully, I, I, I'm really excited to talk about a few things because you have such a rich background um, and then your current work, of course, with Aware Recovery and their unique treatment model. Um, We're obviously doing a series on addiction, but most importantly, recovery and how people rise and come back and programs like AWARE are so important in that journey. Um, Before we get started, though, I have to comment, Shelley's background is better than mine, which is (laughs) embarrassing as an artist. He painted that. Yes, I did, Shelley. What is it? Can you explain it? You know, I really like the
1: um, whoever is seeing my work to interpret it for themselves. So I really keep it disclosed to myself. Um, But I paint to music, so I always have music playing. And this was actually painted to Pink Floyd.
0: Well, I love that. I actually am a. I always say I'm a thematic painter. (laughs) <laughs> I'll think of an emotion and then I'll paint that emotion. Um, do you feel like, and we'll talk about what somatic is, but do you feel right. like you're a somatic painter? Because it sounds like it. Definitely. I I also know
1: not when not to paint, you know, I'll look at something and I can feel the energy coming off of the, you know, the canvas. And it's like, that was not a good night or that was not a good morning necessarily. I often dream uh, paintings as well. And so I will wake up and I will go paint right away because I'll remember this vivid color or this vivid scheme that I wanted to do.
0: So we'll have to talk about art therapy on another show because I'm a firm believer in art therapy and thematic therapy, Um, so the integration between physical and mental emotional health. and I would love to do that. That would be incredible. Um, As we talk about addiction on this episode, um, and most importantly, recovery, Mm. I'd love to hear before we dive into AWARE and pathways to recovery. What brought you into this field? Because everyone always has a really unique story in the field of recovery.
1: Well, I am very happy to say that I'm a person in long-term recovery myself. And so I think that that's important to share because a lot of times that um, recovery from a substance is a deep deep, dark secret, you know, and we don't come out. And um, I think that we have to change that landscape. We have to change that dynamic and come out and say, yes, I'm recovering alcoholic, but I'm also a painter and a doctor and I'm employment and I'm a good sister and wife and mother and all these different things. So, um, you know, it's it's got me really excited when I worked um, in the emergency department. And when I say that, this has been several years ago, almost 20 years ago. But I saw individuals with mental health and uh, substance use disorder being treated, quite frankly, differently than individuals without those diagnoses. And so it really touched my heart. And I said, this is my path. I know that I am on this earth to be able to help individuals that have a mental health Um, Diagnosis or a substance use disorder. And so um, I worked very hard and diligently and went back to school and and focused on that. And I have just found my calling and I'm passionate about it. And I'm an incredible advocate for individuals that want to find their recovery, whatever that looks like for them, because it's definitely different for everyone.
0: There are many pathways to recovery which is one of the messages we want to communicate throughout this series Mm. um, that there are many ways to get there i think something you mentioned though deserves the space to touch upon which is the stigma right that's associated even still in 2021 with addiction and even with recovery a person in recovery can you speak to some of what you're Sounds like 20 years ago you experienced the thick of stigma, but even in 2021, how have you seen that prevent people from embarking on a journey to recovery? I
1: can give you some examples, real-life examples from 2021, as you've indicated. It's, it's, we've, made, we've made headways. We've made uh, some, some, quite a few different uh, advancements, but we're not there yet. And some, some of the things that I see, individuals with, let's say, an opiate use disorder diagnosis that have an actual injury or are experiencing um, severe chronic pain from an accident or actually something real medical going on, they're hesitant to go to the emergency department because they're going to be labeled as drug seeking or doctor shopping or these type of things when they are actually in need of medical attention. And they deserve to be treated with the same dignity and respect as everyone else and so I've seen that to date and I also see individuals that don't want to go see their primary or even talk to their therapist because they don't want to open the door to their alcoholism and I can really relate to that I know when I got sober my sister asked me why didn't you tell me sooner and my answer was because I knew you would tell me you want me to stop drinking and I just couldn't imagine my life without alcohol you know until something happened and, and I was able to speak with other people who were going through the same experiences that I was going through and so I I see that quite often. And, and like I said, we've made a lot of changes, but when we don't open the door to say, let's talk about your, 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 your drug use, or let's talk about your alcoholism, just like we would with somebody with diabetes. Let's talk about your, your nutrition. Someone who has a cardiac disease, who are you, you know, using tobacco, let's talk about your smoking. Someone with an STD, let's talk about your sex life. I mean, those are things we should be talking about as healthcare professionals.
0: Surprisingly, in 2021, we have progressed, but that stigma does exist. Um, And part of the reason I'm so excited to do this show in particular is to talk about that stigma and how we can help eradicate it as well. Um, Conversations like this is a start, talking about openly about the pathways to recovery is Mm -hmm. a start, right? So when you see people come to AWARE at what point do they usually reach out to their program? As, and is it usually the individual or is it, the fam- is it a family member that typically reaches out to you?
1: Well, it's interesting. It, it can be both, but, but both of us being in recovery, you know, it's usually uh, something that triggers the, the call. And and it's usually not, you know, um, it's usually not a great event. And so it's sometimes we're seeing people on some of the most challenging or painful days of their of their life. You know, it might be the first time they're ever talking about their addiction. And. Whatever addiction it is, gambling, sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, shopping, there's a trauma related to that. And so we have to get to that root. And the majority of times that trauma has not been revealed to the individuals that may be calling for their son, their daughter, their wife. And so there's that resistance because we know... I'm going to have to face this trauma, and I'm going to have to face it without my drug of choice, whatever that is. And that is incredibly painful. So we get calls from loved ones um, for, their, for their family members, and we get calls from the individuals themselves. And those are the most beautiful conversations to me because it's that connection on the other end of the phone when you say, I understand exactly why you're drinking. I get it. Of course you put vodka in your shampoo bottle. Of course you have vodka in your purse. You know, that's just somebody, and they're like, wow the first time in my life, I haven't had somebody say, oh my gosh, why would you do that? So we speak their language, we understand it. And we also know that the road to recovery, as you said so beautifully, has many, many pathways, and we are open to them all. And that is one beautiful thing about Aware Recovery Care, the the client, the patient, the person comes in, they choose their path along with their team. And so we, we honor that.
0: Let's talk about some of those pathways, and um, if someone listening is struggling or as a family member struggling, I know that that's one of the, the first questions that is always asked, what do I do, right? How do I get help? So this is an important piece to the conversation. Um, tell us, the, the other thing I just want to mention briefly too before you dive into AWARE, one of the reasons I really like AWARE's model is that it's holistic, mm-hmm. um, and again, we segment, I've always said this, mind-body, right? Yes. The mind is part of our body. I think we've almost forgotten that. (laughs) (laughs) That it is, our the mind is actually in your body, right? So mental health is tied to physical health and a holistic approach is, of course, needed in the process, right? So tell us more about AWARE's process first in that pathway.
1: I'll tell you what we do, and, and how beautifully you said that, I agree with you. The, the mind, is, 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 it is connected. And it, you know, oftentimes what's going on with us in our gut, let's say, is affecting our mental health. Our thyroid can cause depression or these different things that trigger it. We have to rule those medical issues out right away before we immediately go to medication definitely the last resort for, for this provider anyway. Um, so what happens when you call AWARE? I'll tell you a little bit about what AWARE is first. So AWARE is a 52-week in-home addiction treatment program. What I love about it is we treat you where you live. Um, and t- instead of the you know traditional model, model where individuals go away for 30 days, um, you know they have to tell their employer, their wife, their family, they have to leave their pets or, or whatever, they have to really pick up and leave their entire life and go into a facility with strangers basically and 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 expect to get better. And that really isn't the only disease that we do that with. We don't look we don't lock, you know, 20 people who have influenza in a building together and expect them to get better. So Individuals get better, we know, from all illnesses in their own home. They can stay in their bed, they could cook their own food, they have their pets around them, their family, their neighbors, and we work with that in their home. You know, sometimes the, the family, when the, um, the individual is, is not well, the family gets sick as well. So we treat the family, too, in that home. And the way we're able to do that is we have teams that go in and we gender, age, and story match. So someone like yourself, we would find someone, you know, that looks similar to you, that has similar background, and has similar issues with, with eating disorder or whatever your choice was of substance. That way you instantly have something in common, because we know that when you get better, you get better when you have somebody that you can speak to and you can talk that truth with. So we age, gender, and story match, and then we build your team. And we have a psych evaluation, we have a, a medical provider that we look to see what is exactly going on with this individual. And we look at their history, if we can get anything, you know, any medical history, psych history, and then especially treatment history what's worked and what hasn't worked because what we don't want to do is do more of what hasn't worked. So an individual that comes to us, they can say, I've tried AA, I've tried NA, I've tried these different things. Absolutely. We respect that. We honor that. And we say, let's try something different. We have so many different things, Dharma, um, refuge recovery. We have many different pathways. A lot of individuals get really excited about the wellness piece. We have a nutritionist and looking at how they can heal themselves. Food is medicine. We don't have to replace medicine for medicine and so to to look at that we get involved with the family the family has their own team that they work with and then we work with the family as a unit the whole entire family so we're looking at the system and we have the individual um, hooked up with a primary care provider a therapist whatever they need to be able to what their recovery looks like and they may not know in the beginning. They may not know. They may come to us and say, I have no idea, but I've, I need to stop drinking, or I'm terrified. I've got to stop using drugs. This is interfering with my life. And so we just start from there. And what I love to do is ask them, remember what it was like before you started using. Tell me some things you were passionate about. And we may have to go back far sometimes. It may be in sixth grade, I loved you know reading books. and Or maybe when I was 22, I did a triathlon. And it was a great attempt. And maybe we may not. I start out with a triathlon, but maybe the team starts walking around the block, you know, or are doing some you know planks while they're doing some curriculum. Whatever they want to do, that's what we do. We had one of our CRAs that took a certified recovery advisor, we have individuals with lived experience, took one of our clients um, to learn ballroom dancing. She had wanted to do that her whole entire life. And we just work with so many different various people. So if individuals are looking for recovery, aware recovery care can help you get into detox if you need that. We also, in certain states, offer in-home withdrawal management so people can withdraw from drugs and alcohol in their own home and not have to go to a facility. That can be traumatizing as well. So we can do all of the care right in the care safety of the person's home. And during COVID, it has been an incredible experience to be able to offer this to individuals that are fearful of going inpatient and fearful of being around a lot of other individuals, especially with these talk, you know, lethal pathogens that are out and about right now.
0: Absolutely, and it sounds like in the field, because I'm a um, a therapist right as well, we talk about micro-level, meso-level, macro-level, meaning within the individual, within the family structure, within the larger community and support systems and structures, and it sounds like this really does address in the person's environment all of these levels to set you up for success. Is Is that the intended structure? Absolutely.
1: I'll tell you one of the things that the the founders, uh, Steve Randazzo um, of of Aware Recovery Care, he actually had a dream about AWARE and about this model and it's based on the you know the visiting nursing uh, model of going out and helping people in their home and you know being able to see this and how it's evolved over the years from 2011 to 2021 it's really incredible what it's evolved into and it's just gotten more, more bigger and bigger but you're exactly right it's it's working on all of those systems so that when a person is done with us at 52 weeks they are, have a solid foundation for long-term recovery. We want to stop the recidivism. We want to stop the revolving door of people going to 20, 30, 40 treatment facilities and not gaining success. We want our patients to get successful and we have people actually discharge from us successfully, stay in, the, in their community and, stay and have a long-term recovery and come back and work for us. That's the most beautiful thing ever
0: and testament to the work that you do and the impact that it has as well. One of the things that stands out that you said is some people can't leave, right? Some people can't leave for 30 days. Um, And we have a guest in the series coming on to specifically talk about moms, right, and how some can't leave for 30 days. Um, So make sure you stay tuned for that episode. Um, She's in long-term recovery as well. This sounds like. A model that would be good. Not only I mentioned for people that have jobs, but for someone who is a mom right with young children with families that can't leave for 30 60 90 days, however long they need to um, What type of individual do you see if you have specific examples be successful in this model and and have this work well for them. You know, being in this
1: field and working in this field for as long as I have, I would love to be able to say that I know this person's going to do great and they're just going to just soar. Um, I don't have that gift yet, um, but I certainly do know our model works very well for the type of individuals that you spoke about, as well as for individuals who've tried multiple inpatient stays. This is something completely different for them. This works also well for individuals with um uh, PTSD with trauma diagnosis, because a lot of times going with around a lot of individuals, it can be very uncomfortable. So if, you know, have that OCD, ADHD, all of that, it works very well because we're, we do physical activities with people, we go out in the field and we work with people, you know, hands-on rock climbing, different experiences that people like to do. So we'll do those different things with our clients and it gives them the opportunity to feel what that feels like to be back in their body, you know, addiction is the opposite of being in your body. Recovery is being in your body and feeling and walking and experiencing. And that's what aware does. We actually become aware. We get you back into your body and we walk you through all of those experiences. That's why we like the 52 weeks. We go through your birthday and holidays and anniversaries and we get you all the way through until you have a year of sobriety, a year of recovery, whatever that looks like for you. And then you are just soaring. And, uh, you know, the therapist in you, I'm sure can appreciate how much work our therapy department does with our patients and with our family. And it's finally such a relief for the families because they're getting the support that they need. A lot of times treatment facilities, you know, and I want to say that we see that there is a place for people that may need to go inpatient. We don't see that AWARE is you know, the perfect fit for everyone, but we certainly do fit in between a lot of different spaces. And so some people may need to go inpatient. We work with inpatient facilities. A lot of times the person's home may not be safe. We may need to address that as well, but that's where the beautiful work comes with the family and to be able to say, this is how you can work with this individual. These are the signs to look for. This is how you need to speak with this individual. This is how you work as a team together, your family, because they've been operating so unwell for such a long period of time. This feels normal to them. So when we, we kind of hold the mirror up and say it's not normal that you have to lock your purse in the safe at night and that you have to cancel all your credit cards and do all these different things because this individual in your home is sick, they're not a bad person. They don't have poor morals or character. They're, they're ill with a disease just like any other. And here's what we want to do to solve that issue and fix you, help you fix your family.
0: Absolutely. And I think you touched upon the fact that maybe this is something when someone leaves rehab, they could even look to as an additional padding to help them get a firmer foundation or more firm foundation when they do leave and have that support, right? Yes, we work with a lot and and we we collaborate quite a
1: bit with treatment facilities for that reason alone. Sometimes people will come to us and we'll say, you know, they need a little bit more stabilization than we're able to offer. And we're quick to be able to say, you know, we'll put them in, you know, go into inpatient for this period of time. And when they come out, they'll come back into our care. And so we work very closely with um, therapists, primary care providers, other treatment facilities, detoxes, whatever we need to, because. We think the more people as part of this treatment team, the better. We don't want to be exclusive, we want to be inclusive. And so that's what works for the patients, that works for the client, that's what works for the family.
0: Before we get to some of the other pathways that you've seen be successful in conjunction with AWARE, can you tell us more about your role, because it's fascinating to me. Of course I can. So
1: I, um, I am the Vice President of Integrative Healthcare Services for AWARE. I do quite a bit of research and looking into um, best evidence based programs for, for our um, company. I also work with individuals that want to collaborate with us thinking outside the box and unique devices that we may use for detox and, and, and things that maybe went a little bit um, outside the lines. You know, We like to draw outside the lines to see what's different and what's unique out there. I do a lot of training, a lot of education for our staff. I oversee all of our medical directors and all of our licensed individuals, providing some supervision for them and, and just support. And that's what I really see my role as. Um, being a support for, for for those individuals because there is risk involved when we're going into a home. It's different. You know, there, there could be weapons in the home. There could be active use. We have individuals that are in recovery themselves and they're going into these individuals' homes. So we want to make sure that it's safe. So our, our medical directors, our, our nurse practitioners, integrative healthcare directors, letting them know what the scope of practice is, what the role is, what the responsibilities are. It's very different than practicing in an office in a facility, in a hospital, or even in a treatment facility. So it's about letting them know what is the scope, how do we do this, how do we practice safely, when do we call this, when do we do this, and and how do we operate together. We're a big, we tell ourselves serving leaders, so we aren't bosses and, and all of this, we're, we're here to serve. And so that's where I see my role as, as a true serving leader in all that I do, not just how I'm at work, but in every aspect is to live a life that is, a recovery worthy enough to represent this role at Aware Recovery Care. That's
0: beautiful. Just such a fascinating role and the work that you're doing within that context of the role. Um, it's fascinating as well. Talking about pathways to recovery, you mentioned right, rehabs. We've, mm-hmm. we've talked about that before. Um, obviously, inpatient, extensive outpatient programs. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other ways that you see Either working well with aware in conjunction with aware recovery or just in addition to aware as pathways to those listening and looking for help?
1: In the beginning, aware is very heavy. It's four phases. So the first phase is quite heavy. A lot of individuals that come with us to us, they'll have Uh, a, a, a psychiatric diagnosis that might need help. So another program working on their mental health along with their addiction. You mentioned the eating disorder. We like to work with that in conjunction as well, because if we don't address that often, when you put one substance down, something else can raise its head, right? So we know that. So we like to work with those things in conjunction, as long as that's what the client wants as well. Of course, we have to look at safety, safety, safety. What is the most important important piece in, in their treatment. So in the beginning, if a person is actively suicidal or their active eating disorder or something that may be harmful to themselves or others, we'd want that individual stabilized prior to coming into the program. And, you know, also with mental health diagnosis, this is active psychosis. Are they actively, you know, experiencing signs and symptoms that may make it difficult to concentrate on their adi- addiction? We'd want to have them stabilize that as well before they come into the program and we work in conjunction a lot with different different individuals like that with mental health working on their substance abuse. We know it's It's very much related, but it can go into t- different buckets along the way.
0: Absolutely. So it sounds like there's a lot of different systems you work with programs you work with as support system to your clients.
1: Absolutely. We have close relationships with many psychiatrists, therapists, primary care providers we've worked with for years. And so that we have, we collaborate very well with them and treatment facilities and detoxes. We, we partner with them often to be able to, you know, to know where a person needs to go and, and also to know that there is an ethical great. Uh, programs out there. There's some really people doing phenomenal work and we pride ourselves on vetting those programs before we work with them because we do consider, we, we do want our patients to succeed. We do not want them to come back to us. Of course, if they need to, we completely understand that, that this addiction is a chronic remitting disease and, it's, and it can, can reoccur, but we definitely want our patients to be successful and fly and, and go out and, and, and live a life of recovery,
0: whatever that looks like for them. Absolutely. I think ethical is one of the things that people have. Sometimes yeah. there's been a light on ethics and the recovery industry. Right. Um, nice. And I, I love to find programs like yours and to hear about programs like yours that are ethical, right? And and working with other programs that, like you said, you have a heart of service. Um yes. The program AWARE is obviously um, based in service to the people that that they work with the clients that you work with, and that's the most important thing. When people ask me about pathways to recovery. I always say, look for the helpers. Look for people that are in it for altruistic reasons. Centers, facilities, programs like Aware, right? Um, Agree.
1: Yeah, we keep the, the the client is at the center of all we do, and you know we 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 meet as large groups all the time. Leaders when we do make these decisions, and we're always the the. We keep our center. Our, the, the client is the center of every decision
0: that we make. It's beautiful. So, um, Shelly, for someone listening, we have a large female audience, um, whether they're struggling or they have a loved one that's struggling. How can they learn more about AWARE? I know that you're expanding rapidly. You're not just in Connecticut. Um, right. We're in Connecticut, New Hampshire, Maine, oh. uh, Florida, and Massachusetts and opening in indiana this year is new hampshire new because i grew up in half in boston and half in new hampshire so i'm very integrated into the new hampshire community that's my home (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. New Hampshire is, um, no, it's been open for about
1: four years. Four years. Okay. Yes. Yeah, great. I mean, all of our agencies are are really just, they're amazing, beautiful people. So if, they're, if someone is looking for answers and if we're in their community, awarerecoverycare.com, they can go to and they can really look at our website and they can call um, us to see if this is a good fit for them beautiful thing about our intake and admissions department, if it's not the right fit or it's not the right insurance, they certainly can give them some uh, some avenues that they can take and lead them, because it can be a very difficult, um, it can be a difficult road to
0: navigate along. Absolutely, and a challenging one, for sure. Could you, before we let you go, Shelly, could you talk about some of the success stories, people that have been through where that have stuck with you. Um, and I have so
1: many. I have so many. When you said um, about a woman that couldn't, de- de- you know, single mom, let's say, couldn't leave her child, um, we had a woman that um, came to us, and she has a son who is um, has an autistic diagnosis, and she also has a um, service dog named Batman, and this woman, um, you know, suffering from alcohol use disorder, and she just, she couldn't leave her son or her dog, and um, so... She was very reluctant to come in because, as she, you know, being in that environment, she was alone raising this young man, and uh, she had a lot of trauma herself. And so we we were able to provide her in-home withdrawal management in her home. She was able to stay with her dog and her beautiful son, and move her into recovery. And she went right into the program. At three months, she contacted me and said. It's almost too emotional for me to say sometimes. She said, you know, I thought my dog, Batman, was the only superhero that I know. But now, she said, I have a whole team of superheroes that have saved my life. And this woman, not only did she sustain long-term recovery, but she was able to go back to her employment. Um, She's working on a degree and you know she just really feels back in her body and she is just such a beautiful spirit you know walking this earth I have another individual an older gentleman that came to us and uh, he was uh, it was pain medication that he had been prescribed for almost 14 years and with the opiate epidemic a lot of providers you know just pulled back on a lot of prescribing which we needed to happen but it needs to happen in a, in a thoughtful methodical way with a plan mm-hmm. and so this man was taking. And off of his opiate medication and he had absolutely no choice in his mind but to go and 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 to purchase um, heroin from the streets and what happened on his second time purchasing heroin he overdosed on fentanyl and he came to in the hospital and he had no idea so he was terrified and he came to us in chronic pain after an overdose and his family was like you're doing heroin what is going on and so we were able to get him aligned with a pain management physician that had him on a great regimen to address his pain we talked to the family and he explained to them about addiction and how he got there and what led to that and just how the brain the reward pathway of the brain works so he was able to be reunited with his family it took a little while i will say that for the family to trust they were very fearful that their father grandfather was using heroin but after we were to explain exactly how that happened and what that road looked like. By the end of his 52 weeks, this individual was doing very well in his pain management. He was sober, and he was able to be reunited back with his family. And they had a better understanding of what to look for with this individual and why he chose that path. And so it was really a beautiful story.
0: I think hope is the word that is so often used um, with those that are struggling with alcoholism drug addiction right that there is hope for different i think when you talk about not being in your body that really resonates right Mm -hmm. and how in recovery you think it's not safe right when you're using to be in your body to be in the world and now I always say all, I love all the emotions. I love just being <laughs> in my day-to-day, the small things, the micro exchanges with people that used to be terrifying 20 plus years ago, right? Oh, I know. Those, those are the joys. That is oh, the joy yeah. in life. Yes. Is- and when we see that, I have to,
1: when I see that in my patients, when I see that in the clients that we serve, there's nothing better. There's absolutely nothing better. You know, I think that you said you have a very large woman um, that listen to you. And I can, I, I think that, One of the things that was so difficult for me is to opening up with that shame and guilt around my alcoholism. And once I let that go, and once I opened it up and it just said, okay, yes, I drink too much. I have an alcohol problem. And I was able to discuss it. It was so freeing. And of course, many, many years of of working through that. But I think that that is what so many people hold on to instead of saying, I'm just going to be out there open. This is what it is. I need help. Those few words, I need help, are game changers. They're absolutely game changers. And if you are struggling and you need help, we are here to catch you.
0: Beautiful. I think that's the perfect place to leave it, Shelly, Dr. Shelly Halligan from Aware Recovery. If you do need help, if you do need someone to catch you, we will put all their information in the write-up. Um, and. Shelly, would you like to give the, the website and how to get a hold of you one more time?
1: Yes, it's uh, wearrecoverycare.com.
0: Perfect. And we'll be right back on world Seekers. After a long day, taking time to love yourself and your friends and your family more well can be a challenge. We're so burnt out and exhausted and stressed from working so hard during the day, we forget to love the people and the places and the things that are important to us. Well, Lucia at Night is here to help. We're going to be a retreat and a treat for your day. A place to laugh, to connect, and to learn to love yourself and others more well. We're going to talk about relationships, ways to sleep better. We'll have expert guests, personal stories, maybe even a musical guest or two. We'll share behind the scenes into my own life as well, my friends, my family, and of course, my relationships. So. Close the door on your day and light up your night with Lucia at Night. Also, make sure to check out more at wellseekers.com for simple and real life ways to bring wellness home. I'll see you tonight on Lucia at Night. Thanks for being part of the seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Well Seekers, and thank you so much again to our incredible guest, Dr. Shelley Halligan, for her time and her experience and her story, right? Because I said this in our interview, but I truly do feel that stories shatter stigma. Um, solutions are what we're all about here as well, but there's nothing like a story to relate to, to help you see that you're not alone in this um, and that people have recovered and people have walked this path before you or before your loved one who may be struggling as well so you know if you're a fan of the show that we leave you with tools that you can take with you uh, each week in between episodes strategies tools things that you could implement into your life to help you on your journey to rise and come back from the topic we're talking about um, So this year we're kicking off our tools with in a more structured way. We've come up with something called Lucia's list, where we'll give a handful of ideas that you can take with you in between shows, um, to help you rise, come back and connect to the stories and solutions that we know you are craving, especially around this topic. So this week on Lucia's list, we're talking about books. And these are three impactful books I know from personal and professional experience that can hopefully help you in your journey. So here are my um, top three books and my list this week. I want to leave you with three books, three powerful books for different reasons that I have read and that I think will impact you if you personally are rising and coming back from addiction or if you know somebody in your life, someone that you love and care about that may be struggling with addiction. The first is falls into that category. Um, I used to work with parents um, and families that had loved ones that were struggling with addiction. And we all know this is a family disease, which is why we're going to talk about it later on in the series. But there was a book that really helped Moms, dads, loved ones that were struggling. And that was called Beautiful Boy. And it's about a father's journey and through his son's addiction by David Schaff. We'll put a link up. It's heartwarming, it's honest, Uh, it's a, a family's torturous journey. Through addiction, I think that's even in the book. I think it just it's described as that, and it's perfectly described. It raises questions that reflect the fear of every parent: uh, what's your responsibility to a loved one? How and when do you know, as a parent, if your child is struggling um, with substance abuse? It talks about the family in recovery, the family that's afflicted by addiction, and again, it's just an honest um, story that helps shatter some of the stigma and talks about one family and one father specifically's journey through his son's addiction. The next book is a book that I read that really impacted me, which is called Dry by Augustine Burroughs. The way he describes addiction really spoke to my heart, the way that he describes it in his own life. um, The book is about him getting sober, going to rehab, his rehab experience and the way he talks about what he was facing emotionally, how alcohol ruined his own life. If you are struggling with addiction, I highly, highly recommend this personal um, this memoir by Augustine Burroughs called Dry. The last book I'm going to recommend is Mother a memoir of addiction, gun violence, and finding a life of purpose by Wendy Adamson. Uh, Wendy is going to come on the show and talk to us about this book. If you have addiction, or you have a loved one who has addiction, or have a mom or parent that has addiction, this book is for you. It falls under all those categories. It talks about addiction in the family. Um, It talks about how it impacted her sons. It talks about how as a mother, getting sober was a challenge. So really this book touches on all aspects and is just written so perfectly, so poignantly. Wendy's going to join us. It's not the only reason I'm giving uh, it a plug and adding it to my one of three for Lucia's list this week. It's just that each one of these books touches your heart and shares a story in such a different way, talks to a lot of different people. Um, So if you're looking to read, learn more about other people's stories, uh, to see one Maybe you don't even know if you struggle, right? Or you're on the fence and you want to learn from other people that have struggled. I suggest these books. Um, Or two, if you know, or in the middle of a struggle, these books could be perfect for you as well. So those three books top Lucia's list for this week. Thank you so much again, um, everyone that is listening, everyone that's been on the show, everyone that is part of our family. We truly are a family here at seekers and we know you have plenty of places and spaces that you can spend your time, and we are truly honored that you choose to spend your time with us here. Um, if you want to connect with us in between, you can find us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at WellSeekers, and you can find me um, at Lucia Naz Nazz on Instagram. I love connecting with you all. You know, if you write me, I'll write you almost straight back, um, unless I'm in a meeting or a session. But um, I absolutely love connecting, so feel free to reach out. Um, and in the meantime, anyone listening that may be struggling, anyone listening that has a loved one that may be struggling, make sure to come back. We have five more episodes in this series. We want you to rise. We want you to come back. We want you to heal. And there is hope here. So stick with us. Thanks so much for being a part of our family and our journey. We'll see you next time on Wealth Seekers. How would you like to join the conversation? email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com